Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. One of the mottos of Healthy You Nutrition is finding the balance between eating to live and living to eat. Are you ready for some nutritional advice? Let's talk about it. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Carrie Fardell. Carrie is a registered dietitian and also the president of Healthy You Nutrition. Hello there, Carrie. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Hello. Thanks for having me today. So I thought we probably should get started today by talking about you. Tell me about your past. What What have you been doing the last few years? Uh, yeah, so I've uh, been a registered dietitian for about 13 years, graduated from Oregon Health Science University in their dietetic internship, uh, started my career working at the Oregon State Hospital when we still had a campus in Portland. So I worked with the residents there uh, on their individual health goals, managing um, chronic health conditions that we could help support through diet and lifestyle changes. Uh, I did get to develop and teach some classes for the residents there. So not only individual, but the group setting, which uh, they seem to enjoy, just allowed for engagement and learning from each other. And then spent some time working on menu development with the food service staff there and the food service managers, just to make sure that we served a healthy diet, but it was also something that was enjoyable since food is an important part of everybody's life. And it's more than just nourishing our bodies, but something that should be enjoyed. So we tried to do the best we could to provide healthy but um, satisfying meals. I left the state hospital after about nine, 10 years of working there to work at the Oregon Food Bank to support their nutrition education program that they managed. Um, they either directly uh, ha- they, they directly implemented the program in the Portland area, but we also worked with other um, nonprofit organizations and food banks throughout Oregon and uh, Southwest Washington to offer this program. So my role was to make sure that those um, partner organizations knew how to implement the program, taught uh, the, their volunteers how to implement the program, offer the program. Um, but I didn't really get a lot of that one-on-one time with, with people and, and that individual interaction helping people. So uh, I left the Oregon Food Bank to start Healthy New you Nutrition in about 2019 and kind of combine those experiences together to do uh, working one-on-one with people, but also developing a community nutrition education program. Sounds like you've had some pretty great experience over the last few years. 
yeah, it's kept me uh, busy and and entertained, I guess. <laughs> so you, you're you're a registered dietitian. Let's uh, tell our audience what a registered dietitian is. Yeah, so we are nutrition experts. We have undergraduate degrees, bachelor's of science degrees, and then also have um, supervised experience. So after you get your bachelor's degree, you go on to an internship where you work with uh, professional registered dietitians in a variety of different spaces just to learn you know, hands-on experience, how to be a registered dietitian. So uh, we work anywhere from in hospitals and the acute care setting to community programs like uh, WIC, Women, Infant, and Children. Um, you, We work in outpatient doctor's offices, just working with people on ways to either change their lifestyle and their behavior to eat healthier or if you're in acute care hospital, um, you know, just keeping people well-nourished while they're healing or overcoming whatever, you know, reason they're in the hospital. You know a lot about food then, I'm assuming. I I like the food <laughs> part. I like the outpatient part where we, we talk about food. Uh, yes. <laughs> so when you're working with patients as a registered dietitian, you're kind of using food as medicine. Correct. Absolutely. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so food can be medicine. It can also be preventative. Uh, my goal is is to help people prevent chronic health conditions as, as best as possible through just small behavior and lifestyle changes that, you know, keep us healthy. Uh, but if we find ourselves in a position where we do have a health condition that can be better managed through food, we, you, you know, work through, you know, what are we doing now? Um, how are you eating now? And what are some of the small changes that we can make that can have a really big impact on our overall health? Uh, so oftentimes it's not this huge revamp of your diet and only eating vegetables and plants and uh, not really enjoying food, but how do we eat healthy, but also enjoy food and live, you know, healthier lives, but also have good quality of quality of life. And that's kind of where Healthy You yeah. Nutrition comes in, right? So you've combined all of your knowledge yeah. and you've developed this company called Healthy You Nutrition. Tell me about it. Correct. Yeah. So I started, yeah, Healthy You, healthy you Nutrition in 2019, about mid 2019 to, again, pull those, um, my experiences together, not only working with people one-on-one, offering nutrition counseling and health coaching, um, doing a little bit of personal training on the side too, because I have a medical exercise specialist certificate, which is a personal training certificate that's specific to working with people with health conditions. So trying to tie all of those pieces together, not just the food, but the physical activity part. Um, but then also offering a, a free community nutrition education program to help uh, bring those pieces together. Really, you know, not only the how do we or what do we do to eat well, but how do we do that? How do we shop well? How do we cook well to support our health? Uh, so that's really our, our goal at uh, Healthy You Nutrition is to help people find that balance between, you know, the eating to live and the living to eat where, um, there, there is a balance. We don't just need to eat just to fuel ourselves, but we should be able to enjoy food too. So what did you, why did you start Healthy You Nutrition? What did you see happening around you that, that kind of was the catalyst for that? Yeah. Uh, so it was my experience working at the Oregon Food Bank where I was supporting the nutrition education and, and cooking skills program that they managed at the time. So there's this program called Cooking Matters. Um, it's actually a program from through Share Our Strengths, which is a nonprofit organization. Uh, and Share Our Strengths has another program called No 
No Kid Hungry campaign. And Cooking Matters is a part of that No Kid Hungry campaign. So the program was really for healthy individuals, healthy adults, or healthy adults with young kids. Um, And what we found was, what I found working um, at the food bank was there was a gap between, um, again, what what we were trying to have people like learn how to cook healthy and eat healthy, but, but people who have chronic health conditions. So again, this program was geared more towards healthy individuals. Um, and I got to have this experience where I got to collaborate with um, another dietitian who ran the nutrition program for one of our partner orga- organizations. Um, she had a nurse from a kidney dialysis clinic reach out and say, hey, you have this great program and we have people on dialysis who could really use some additional support to program like this. So we took the Cooking Matters program and did this pilot class where we modified it to be appropriate for people with um, on-kidney dialysis who have a very specific diet that they need to follow to help support their um, you know, being on dialysis and, and quality of life. And one of the participants during this class said they really wished that there had been a a class or program like this um, while they still had some kidney function and before they needed dialysis. Like they felt like if they had more knowledge and understanding of how to eat better and how to cook better for for their chronic kidney disease, that maybe they could have put off dialysis or, or, you know, made it so they didn't ever really need dialysis. And that statement really stuck, stuck with me. And it just struck me as like, there's this huge gap between what we as healthcare providers are trying to tell people how they need to eat and people really understanding how to do that. They have the knowledge of what they should be doing, but they don't have the skills to, to do it. Um, so that's where I just, I got this idea in my head and I was at the food bank for probably another six months before I was able to, you know, just, it was a good time for me to, to leave and move on and, and start healthy nutrition. And that's, that's kind of where the idea came from. And I wanted again to combine working with people individually, but really with the ultimate goal of doing something that could support a program that was free to the community, reduce all of the barriers that they might need, um, to be able to participate and have a safe space where they could practice these skill sets without, you know, with, with professional help, um, you know, hoping to have professional chefs involved as well as registered dietitians to tie those two really important pieces together um, in a space that people are safe to, you know, maybe make a mistake without it costing them money. Um, and, and again, just learning some basic skill sets that a lot of people just don't have. It sounds like maybe you are working more towards preventative measures as opposed to fixing it after the problem has already happened. Um, we want to do both. Yeah. Um, the original um, idea is for the, the first couple of classes will be for people who actually do have um, some chronic health conditions. So um, I think our first class, uh, the idea is going to be for people who have um, either high blood pressure and or type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. So um, health conditions that already exist, but can be, um, I don't want to say cured, but can be managed to the point of they really don't seem to exist right now, as long as people are eating healthy, um, and maintaining that lifestyle. 
Uh, and the reason I decided on high blood pressure and, and type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes is because, A, they're really prevalent, unfortunately, in our society right now. Um, just our food system and, and the way we function as a society tends to lead towards um, a lot of people developing high blood pressure and, and type 2 diabetes. Um, but these two chronic health conditions also tend to lead towards um, kidney disease um, and kidney failure, which is the other program that we were hoping to develop um, based on that pilot program that I got to participate in while I worked at the food bank was um, chronic kidney disease really has a very special diet and it's hard for people to manage and, and change their their lifestyles towards managing better. So um, we figured those two programs would be the best way to start this community nutrition program, but we would like to expand. And um, while there, pre-COVID um, cooking matters was addressing, you know, again, targeting healthy adult populations, um, that program isn't as prevalent, I think, in our community anymore. So if there is that gap and we can um, meet that need and add on additional classes for healthy adults who are looking to prevent um, chronic health conditions. And we absolutely would like to expand and be able to do that in the long run as well. We're talking today with Carrie Fardall, registered dietitian and president of Healthy You Nutrition. Now, uh, Carrie, obviously we're still kind of deep in the pandemic. So uh, yeah. classes, what are classes looking like for you now? And how, how will the classes be, uh, where will they take place? Where they, yeah. Um, so right now we're in uh, a holding pattern. I was developing the classes in 2019 with the intention to, um, you know, raise some money, save some money to offer the pilot program so that we could show, you know, good outcomes and have some data to present to be able to get grants. But once COVID hit and bringing people together, especially people with some chronic health conditions into a classroom, cooking together, um, was not going to happen. Um, so for a while there, I was looking at maybe transitioning to a virtual program, but the, the logistics and the, the funding wasn't there quite yet to be able to get people food. Again, the idea is to make this free so there's no barriers um, for people to be able to participate. Um, so logistically trying to get people food set up with like Zoom and, and good interaction and engagement between participants because the goal of the class is for everyone to interact and participate and share their knowledge and not just be an environment of teachers talking at students, but more of um, creating dialogue, learning from each other, um, and then having that knowledge reinforced with the experts and the skill sets being taught and reinforced with, with experts, um, you know, chefs in the room. So right now we're in a holding pattern looking to, you know, just continuing to develop the, the program, but the program's going to be based on research that we know, what, what we know works to help people support these behavior changes. So, um, the courses will be anywhere from six to eight classes over a period of three to six weeks, maybe one time a week or two times a week. Um, the classes lasting anywhere between about 90 to 120 minutes, so about an hour and a half to two hours so that we can come together. We'll have a topic. Um, so, for example, the topic might be the importance of, of fiber in our diet. Um, we'll have a conversation about that and then reinforce that information and that knowledge by cooking a meal together um, with the, you know, the main components of the meal being high fiber foods. So that one might be a fiber rich carbohydrate as a side, something like beans or lentils or, or whole grain um, rice or, or something as well as some high fiber vegetables. 
Um, and then participants, you know, we'll all come together, we'll cook the meal together, um, try it, talk about what we liked, maybe what we didn't like, how we might modify it. But then we're going to send participants home with the food, um, with, you know, ingredients so that they can actually practice those skills at home. Um, maybe modify it a little bit to, to suit their taste, and but give people, again, that, that place where, A, they're safe to make it together, have some guidance, but then go home and practice those skills. And, again, that's just based on um, evidence-based practices is what we know through years of research really helps reinforce those behavior changes. Um, we also are hoping to offer some, I guess we'll call them incentives, but um, things for non-food things for people to take home to reduce the barriers um, that people have when it comes to cooking at home. So unfortunately, a lot of people, um, especially if they have a chronic health condition, it can cost a lot to manage that through the medications and the doctor's appointments. So they may not have some of the kitchen utensils they need to be able to cook at home. So we're hoping to provide some of those things, knives, cutting boards, can openers, things like that that people can can utilize, especially when they're they're living on on limited and fixed incomes. When you're working with your clients um, and, and people that you're teaching all this stuff to, what do you find that they, mm-hmm. what kind of food knowledge do people have? And do you think that's changed over the years? Um, yes, I think it definitely has changed. Um, more and more, I feel like because we have such a fast-paced society, uh, people don't have some of those ba- basic cooking skill sets um, just coming like from, from just how to properly cut food or prepare food. Um, from from scratch or even a combination of scratch and, and canned foods um, and and really what it takes to cook healthy foods and how to make them healthy but also taste good. There's this notion that if it's healthy, it's not going to taste good or we need to add a lot of salt to things to make them taste good or, or fat to things to make them taste good. Um, so... And, and time. Um, it doesn't necessarily take you know, 45 minutes to an hour to make a home-cooked, healthy, good meal. Uh, so I, those are the, the skills we're hoping to help people develop and, and know a little bit more about that, you know, with a plan, um, it may only take 20, 30 minutes to make a healthy meal from scratch using some canned foods, some frozen foods perhaps. Um, but, it, yeah, I definitely feel like there's been a... Um, a shift in our society from eating more at home to ordering out, eating out, um, or just eating a lot of convenience foods that you can open up a can, open up a box and, um, heat up in the microwave. Yeah. Things have, uh, uh, become much easier. You can just run to the store, or run through a drive through and presto, you've got a meal that may right. not be that great for you because it's, it, the nutrition just isn't there sometimes. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't, and, you know, a lot of people have their, their tastes and their palates have changed towards these more fatty, salty foods, um, which can be changed. It, it actually doesn't take that long for people's palates to change when they're just introduced to new foods and are willing to take that time to, to do it. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that I think is the importance of these classes and that we're teaching people just some basic skill sets and giving them again, that safe space to do it um, in, in, in their community and somewhere close to them. And that's where we'll have some of these classes um, at community sites where we're going to try to partner with um, your local, um, you know, either churches or community centers where they have um, kitchens and space for us to come together. But it would be convenient for people. You're not going to have to travel across town to one central location, but we'll, we'll be coming to the community, um, 
to offer the classes. And it'll bring back kind of a sense of community too, you know, getting together with your neighbors and doing something and cooking something and all sharing it and, and getting to know each other. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the key components to this program is the the dialogue and the supporting each other and being in a classroom with people with similar um, health conditions or similar situations where you get that support. And that was one of the really cool things that I saw at the Oregon Food Bank with the Cooking Matters program was that um, in just six weeks, when we bring people together, there really is this sense of community that gets built. And there were a lot of classes where people walked away exchanging phone numbers and developing um, these friendships and um, supporting each other moving on. And there were some um, cool like food prep groups that could sometimes come out of it where two or three people were just like, we like this notion of coming together, cooking together um, not only having a meal, but if you just quantify it a little bit, then now we have some leftover meals that we don't have to worry about cooking later in the week. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, and then just having those social supports, um, are really powerful when it comes to improving health, um, knowing that you, you have other people out there that you can learn from and are in the same situation and you, you brainstorm and you work together and, um, go for walks together and cook together. And it's, um, it can be really powerful for for improving your health but just by having that support system there too. We're talking today with Carrie Fardall, registered dietitian and president of Healthy You Nutrition. Now, Carrie, do you have a couple of uh, nutrition tips that everyone could benefit from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some of my favorite things to talk about are some of the things that I find um, working with people regardless of, of where their health is, is that um, we don't, in general, our population, we don't actually get enough protein. And when we talk about increasing our protein, a lot of people immediately think, okay, I need to eat more meat. I need to eat more more dairy or eggs. And um, a lot of what I do to work with people is to help them increase their plant-based protein. So getting more um, beans or legumes or whole grains, nuts and seeds in their diet, which not only will help them increase their protein, but also increase the fiber in their diet, which is really important. Or um, a lot of the other micronutrients that we get from those whole grains um, and plant-based protein sources. So um, don't be afraid when you're looking uh, to increase your protein at um, looking at plant-based sources. And there's a lot of great new products out there that are higher in protein and plant-based. Um, so that I think is one of my, uh, something that I find I talk about with a lot of people, um, both individually and in classes. Um, and then the other tip that I talk with people about is um, more involves more of like intuitive eating and recognizing fullness and ways to not overeat. Um, and so there's two things that uh, we talk about there, and that's really slowing down when we eat and, and trying to give yourself about 20 minutes to finish a meal. And the reason why is because uh, it actually takes the brain about 20 minutes to recognize that food has has been hitting the stomach and we're starting to feel full. So slowing down that meal, you're less likely to overeat and then allow yourself to recognize where you're at in your feeling of fullness. So the other thing we talk about is eating to about 75 to 80% of fullness, which is that point where we really no longer feel full, um, but we're not, I'm sorry, we really are no longer feeling hungry, but we're also not feeling that uncomfortable level of fullness. Um, so for reference, I, I consider 100% fullness that point where we're like, 
we're unbuttoning our pants or even our stretchy <laughs> yoga pants that we're wearing oh, yeah, feel like there. uncomfortably tight. Yeah, this is our post Thanksgiving meal where you got to kind of lean back in your chair and you don't want to move or you need like the kids to help you roll over onto the couch because just moving is very uncomfortable and we're distended and very full. So that's that 100% fullness. Um, and I, I notice when I get that full, like the last few bites of food don't even really taste that good. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've, I've lost that satisfaction. So trying to stop well shy of there. And, and I consider like 90% fullness is, you know, we're beyond the point of feeling hungry and we are starting to feel slightly uncomfortable. Um, so slowing down really allows us to feel like, oh, look, I, I'm not hungry um, I'm feeling satisfied, but I'm not feeling uncomfortable. Um, and that's a great way, I think, for people to just slightly reduce their portions without feeling like they need to like calorie count and, and do things like that. Carrie, we have about 30 seconds. Let yes. our listeners know how okay. they can get more information about you and your nutrition programs. Yeah. Um, so we have a website. It's www.healthyu.education. Um, you can find more, find out more about our individual nutrition services, um, our group program, um, and if you are interested in participating in the group program, there's a way for you to um, give us your information, and we'll reach out when we are ready to launch. Or if you're interested in volunteering or participating in that program as a um, as an, an expert chef or a nutrition expert, then we would love to. Uh, have your support there. And um, if you feel like you want to donate, um, there is a way to donate online through PayPal and all of your donations would go towards covering the cost of food or the equipment or the incentives for the program. If you're interested in, in individual uh, nutrition services, we can take health insurance. It's a great way to um, utilize your benefits because there's a lot of health insurance um, companies that will actually cover nutrition services 100%, whether you have a chronic health condition or not. It's a preventative service, so they're looking at reducing their overall cost down the line by helping people improve their health. So um, we do take some health insurance. All of those are listed on our website. So even if it is just one-on-one that you're looking for, we could offer that program too. Excellent. Carrie, cool stuff. Best Great. of luck to you. Great. Thanks Thank so you much. We appreciate your time today. We've been talking today with Carrie Fardall, registered dietitian and president of Healthy You Nutrition. Thanks again. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.